Hey guys, this is Mike and welcome to the Pilot's Talk Technique Podcast. In this series, we'll discuss the most common misconceptions regarding aviation technique and theory circulating in the Philippines and go back to the books to discover why these are wrong. And thereafter, we'll discuss what's actually correct to make us all better and safer pilots. Picture yourself in a nice 152 or 172 on a cool summer day. You check out the plane, you get on board, do your checklist, do your procedures, start it up, taxi to the runway, get your takeoff clearance. Then you start rolling down the runway, building up speed, getting up to rotation speed, lifting off and climbing out. Then, out of the corner of your eye, you see a hand creeping towards the throttle. You know it's not your hand. Then that hand starts pulling back on the power. And you hear this phrase. We're gonna have to pull back the power so that the engine can breathe. In disbelief, you try to shake it off and wondering if you heard it right. So you slowly put back the power into full throttle. Again, that creepy little hand <laughs> touches the throttle and pulls back the power. And you hear the phrase again. Let's reduce the power a little just so the engine can breathe. Welcome back to another episode of Pilot's Talk Technique, where today we'll talk about the procedure of reducing your power during climb out in an aircraft that is neither complex or high performance. If you are listening to this podcast for the very first time, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are on Instagram. Please do follow us at Pilot's Talk. And we are also on uh, multiple streaming platforms. You can listen to us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM, or wherever you get your podcasts. Quick disclaimer, although I am a licensed instructor, this podcast is not meant to replace actual flight or theoretical instruction. If you do wish to become a pilot or seek to become a pilot, please do get in touch with me so I can give you some recommendations based on your training needs. So with that said, let's get back to the podcast. Okay, so this is a pretty common quote unquote procedure that you'll hear from schools in the Philippines. You'll hear these, um, trainer planes, 152s, 172s, where the instructors or the schools want you to reduce your power setting during the climb out. Logic would dictate that you should just go to the books and uh, follow what the manufacturer says. Of course, they're the ones that designed the plane, they're the ones that built the plane, they're the ones that tested the plane for thousands of hours before releasing it to the market. Now, for whatever reason or whatever origin, there's this long-standing procedure in the Philippines that just won't die, where people reduce the power during initial climb out after reaching a certain altitude in an aircraft that is neither complex or high performance. Just in case you haven't come across those terms yet in your flight training, a complex aircraft is one that has adjustable flaps, retractable landing gear, and constant speed prop. A high performance aircraft is one that has more than 200 horsepower in each engine. So if you have a multi-engine airplane, each engine needs to be more than 200 horsepower. Anyways, going back to the topic, this really should be more of a common sense thing. It's fairly logical. It's fairly straightforward. But since we want people to learn from this podcast, we're not going to leave things to common sense. We're actually going to go into the books to find out what's what to see what's wrong and what should be done to correct it. And we're going to include some logical statements to reinforce the point just in case the data itself from the manufacturer isn't enough. 
Okay, so let's start with the most common trainer aircraft in the Philippines, the Cessna 152 or the 172. All you have to do is really open the handbook or the manual and look for the normal procedures chapter. And we look up the climb checklist. For the 152 and the 172, it's normally just three items. And one of those items is your power setting. Now, the terminology might differ, but the meaning is exactly the same. It might say throttle full open or throttle push full in. It means the exact same thing. You have to give it full throttle or push that throttle lever or throttle uh, control all the way forward. Now, if you're not convinced with what the checklist says, you can browse through the next pages and go to the amplified procedures of that airplane. You would find uh, the en route climb procedure. You would see this for the Cessna 152. Normal climbs are performed with flaps up and full throttle and at speeds of 5 to 10 knots higher than best rate of climb for the best combination of performance, visibility, and engine cooling. Hold on to that thought because that engine cooling um, phrase is going to address that conundrum we opened with, with letting the engine breathe. So that's what you would see in the manual of the 152 and something similar will appear in the manual of the 172. Both of them will say at full throttle for the best combination of performance, visibility and engine cooling. So why do people still do it? One of the theories is it's a negative transfer of skills or learning when people fly something above or more complex than a 152 and 172, like a 182 or 206, then go back down to those non-complex, non-high-performance aircraft carrying those procedures where you don't really have to. The thing is, even with a high-performance aircraft like a 182 or a 206, Operating at full throttle or at full power during the climb out isn't actually prohibited. It um, actually says in the normal procedures or the amplified procedures that normal en route climbs are performed with flaps up, 30 inches of mercury manifold pressure, 2400 RPM, 20 gallons per hour and 95 to 100 knots, 95 to 105 knots for the best combination of performance, visibility, engine cooling, economy, and passenger comfort due to lower noise levels. However, maximum continuous power settings may be used for increased climb performance as desired. Now, it might be a different conversation for engine longevity using maximum continuous power during the climb out. But the question here is, is it prohibited or not? The answer is, it is not you can perform the climb out at maximum continuous power, but we want to be economical. We don't want to waste fuel. We don't our passengers suffering from such loud noise levels. So we reduce the, the settings to something a little more practical. So as part of the research that went into this episode, I found a video by Vidato Aviation who were marketing their pressurized 210 or Centurion which one of the executives said that they can operate the airplane at maximum continuous power all the way up from your field elevation to your cruise altitude. One, because of the uh, turbocharger. Two, because it's not prohibited to use maximum continuous power in that airplane. 
What they found out in their research was that a specific year model of the 210, the Centurion, actually asked you to reduce the power settings on climbout because of the way they were measuring noise levels during that time. Now later on they changed the way how noise was measured and you were now allowed to operate at maximum continuous power at MCP all the way up to your cruise level. So it's not a question about longevity. It really is about noise levels and noise compliance. Which is further proof that you can operate the aircraft at maximum continuous power. You don't have to pull back on the power if the manufacturer says so. Now for those logical statements I was talking about earlier, and this is going to be a two-parter. Part one is, we don't necessarily know more than the manufacturer in terms of knowing the airplane. Like I said, they're the people that designed it, built it, tested it, and had it certified. So if you believe that a 152 or a 172 or any other light aircraft for that matter needs a power reduction on climb out, don't you think that after 40, 50, 60, 70 years of the aircraft existing, they would have already changed the procedure? Additionally, as pilot in command, you're not allowed to operate the aircraft outside of what it was certified for. So that's part one. Now let's go to part two and let's throw some numbers into the air to make it more convincing. Hopefully. So if you have a Cessna 152, it has a power loading of 15.2 pounds per horsepower. If you don't remember what power loading is, it's the ratio of the maximum certificated weight divided by its brake horsepower. Let's put it this way, a 152 has a 110 horsepower engine, and if we imagined that as 110 literal horses, we can think of it as each of those horses carrying 15.2 pounds if we were utilizing the entire spectrum of the engine's power. Now a Cessna 172 has 14.2 pounds per horsepower for its power loading. This is a 172S, a Skyhawk with a 180 horsepower engine. So each of the horses is less strained than the 152, thereby it performs better. Then you have, let's say, a Cessna 206, the Turbo 206, which has a power loading of 11.6 pounds per horsepower for its 310 horsepower engine. So each of those horses are even less strained than the 172 or 152, so it's performing better. Now, if you removed a number of horses, which is equivalent to you pulling back on the power, if you removed a couple of horses, then the remaining ones have to pick up the slack. It's as if you were allocating more weight to each horse because you removed some of the other horses. And that would result in decreased performance. Of course, that's not what we want. As pilots is traveling from point A to point B, we want to get there as fast as possible and in as little fuel as possible. That's what efficiency is. All right, so before we wrap things up, let's talk about that phrase that I brought up in the opening. Reducing the power to help the engine breathe. One, the engine is already breathing. It's receiving fuel and air mixture into the chambers. That's why the pistons are firing. That's why that prop is still spinning. So I don't think that's what the person meant when saying helping the engine breathe. Maybe what he was trying to say is that we reduce the uh, throttle setting to increase engine cooling. 
or decrease the hotness of the engine because it's not running at a higher power. This, ladies and gentlemen, is not the proper way to aid the cooling of a piston-driven airplane. You do not reduce your throttle if the manufacturer doesn't tell you to reduce it. You lower the nose of the aircraft so that more air reaches inside the cowl and cools off your engine, you know, reaching the baffles and the cooling fins of your engine. This is why you have the cruise climb. If you remember your ground school, there's VX, there's VY, and there's your cruise climb. Where VX has the highest pitch attitude, that's why it's not exactly the best for engine cooling. So if you lowered your nose a little bit, you get your VY, which is a higher airspeed, and gives you better cooling. It also gets you to an altitude faster than VX. Then there's your cruise climb, which is, or which has a lower pitch attitude compared to VY. So you don't get the best rate of climb with the cruise climb, but you get better forward visibility. You have a faster forward travel because of the higher airspeed and you get better engine cooling because more ram air can get into your cowl. So to address that, to help with the cooling, you do not pull back the power. You just lower the nose. Now, as a bonus, there was one pilot I've talked to once that said, or that said something about reducing the power in Climbat for a 152. And I swear to you, this is exactly what he said, why schools do this. So flight schools reduce the power in a 152 during Climbat because they put Cessna 150 propellers on them. Now, I'm no expert at a lot of things, especially not propellers, but if you put a part on an aircraft that wasn't certified for it, wouldn't that make it unairworthy? Again, I'm not, I'm no expert on propellers, so you be the judge on that one and let me know, you know, through Instagram or through um, Facebook or whatever, what your thoughts on that one are. And that concludes a third episode of Pilot's Talk Technique. I really hope you learned something new from this episode. If you are from one of those schools that enforced power reduction in a 152 or a 150 or 172 during climb out, and you know the rationale, please do share it with me. I'll... I'll try to uh, make a revisiting of this podcast maybe in the future after I get feedback from those schools or those people or those pilots and it it'll be pretty interesting but for now um, this is what the manufacturer recommends this is what logic dictates there really shouldn't be much discussion around this topic we should just follow what the manufacturer recommends because that's what it was designed for that's what it was tested with that's what it was certified with so it's a no-brainer, to be honest, but, you know, I'll, I, I'm actually pretty curious to hear the rationales of the people that do this. Anyways, Pilot's Talk Technique comes out every Thursday of the week, so if you have a topic that you would like us to discuss, send us a message on Instagram, at Pilot's Talk, and do share this with your friends and colleagues who are in the aviation industry, who may be a victim of these, you know, common misconceptions on technique and theory so that you have a new conversation point to expand your perspective and horizons. So until next week, fly safe, be your best self, and remember, aircraft owners talk maintenance, pilots talk technique. See you guys.